Are you tired, frustrated, and feel stuck? Are you a high-performing business professional, entrepreneur, and you are not getting the results you desire or you hit a ceiling? Have you been around the block and tried many modalities? You are in the right place. The answer, my friend, is in the little-known brain-soul connection. Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your dream life. Your host, Louise Schwartzwalter, created a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. The seed of all you need is already within you. From engaging transformational interviews, brain-soul success stories, and secrets shared by health, wellness, and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I am here with my guest, Krista Beegler. She is an award-winning dietitian, nutritionist, and she's the host of an amazing podcast that I just love listening to myself. It's called the Less Stress Life Podcast. She gets the best amazing guests on there. She's also the author of an eczema relief diet cookbook. I want to find out about that because I just had some questions on this recently, Krista, so we'll, we'll dive into that. She helps savvy women overcome their food sensitivities and their fatigue without restrictive dieting you know, to really work on that bloat, right? That bloat, the burnout, the eczema breakouts, all those things that are related to uh, to nutrition, to diet and how we digest. Um, what I love about Krista, she also understands the emotional part of healing and dives into that too. So we had a great conversation on her podcast a few weeks ago. In her free time, she likes unicycling with her husband and her kids in the Midwest. Um, and again, so welcome, welcome. So happy to have you here. Well, I sound like quite a person uh, who can't decide what she wants to be in her life on that bio sometimes, don't I? So <laughs> a little bit, and I'm sure we can pull them all together. Well, how do oh, they relate? I know. I just, I mean, I know that you're helping so many women with the food sensitivity thing. And I, I, I went through that too, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just trying to figure out what was wrong with me really way back when. So I love that you're, you're able, to, able to do that and really dive into um, all areas of their life. Cause I know you work very holistically. Yeah. How did well, you even start? Like, we want to know how you started. How do you even, how did you even get into nutrition and diet and working with all this? Yeah. It depends on when you want me to talk about when I started, I grew up with parents that were kind of health savvy. I never really went to the doctor. My mom pulled out her homeopathy kit. So when I went to school for nutrition, I thought that I was going to get a little bit more of that, which I absolutely did not. I, uh, I loved learning. I loved sharing about it. And so mm -hmm. I kind of doubled in journalism and nutrition thinking that I was going to write about health, which ultimately is not what I ended up doing, but that's probably why I like podcasting so much and interviewing people. Um, fast forward, uh, life happens. I got married. I settled down. I got out of school and I was kind of just discontent. So I started sampling different integrated of alternative therapies. I was definitely using those myself and mm -hmm. some were fits. It. And, and it's all fine, right? We have to go mm -hmm. through those experiences. Even if things aren't the right fit, we, you know, we have to kiss a lot of frogs to find the right fit. Mm -hmm. I think that's because if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't know that 
I don't like putting people on a zillion supplements and then saying, come back when you feel like it. Like that doesn't feel right to me because I've been the client in that situation. So Mm -hmm. what was kind of a catalyst was that I had my own health crisis. And sometimes this is people's story and sometimes it's not. It was part of my story. It was right when I was kind of foraying from consulting into private practice and I had a lot of stress and I had a very young family and my face and neck exploded in eczema. Um, I woke up one morning and my eye hurt to open. It was not a great thing. In fact, I was finally, I had kind of what we would, what I thought was genetic skin issues, right? So many people say, okay. well, it's genetics. My my family <laughs> has this and now I know better, right? So I just thought, oh, I just had a little dry skin that would pop up in the winter. Well, this was totally uncharacteristic. I had taken my kids to swimming lessons five days in a row. And so there was some toxic burden and some halogen imbalance and some chlorine things. And of course, some stress adding insult to injury. So I broke out in this terrible rash that I couldn't hide. Usually skin is what moves us. You know, we're either moved from inspiration or desperation, Louise. And I would say most mm. of the time, desperation, right? People always say like, oh, I wish I had known about that. Yes and no, right? Until something affects us, we don't typically have a lot of passion for it. So eczema kind of found me and food sensitivities found me. Around the same time, I it was it's been so full circle because I started in some programming as a dietitian and caring about food. I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna do some food experiments. I actually had a pretty good relationship with food. Um, it wasn't any for about half of the people in my profession, they actually have a lot of food um relationship issues. I did not actually have that problem. So that was that was good. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of cool, something I can do where it might correct this. So what I did was I, I was on a pretty significant elimination diet right after this started and I made myself so much worse. How fun. So wow, I, interesting. Yeah. And this happens all the time where people restrict and then they start creating, they're not actually dealing with the root cause. We could talk about what the real root causes are, which are part emotional. Um, So what happened was I did all these restrictions and the next thing I knew I was eating a handful of pecans and my eye was swelling up and I'd never had anything like that in my life. I was like in a hot mess on fire situation. It wasn't really that exciting. And Mm -hmm. I was all kinds of people to help me. Um, and I wasn't very successful. No one, people just do not like working with skin issues. You know, that's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the visible, it's like the weight loss. (laughs) I always think, you know, I think about skin as like the third kidney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you're right. It's inside. So you have to, you have to address the inside, the inside issues. But at that time, it sounds like you didn't find anyone to help you. Is that true? Well, and I, I wasn't very successful, right? I was like mm-hmm. kind of, assembling. I was trying to assemble a lot of different healers and practitioners and things. And I was kind of moving one step back, uh, one step forward, two steps back. I ended up just kind of digging into literature around what was really supportive of the gut. Um, and did what I could and kind of had some breakthroughs there, but I learned from that. And then some people found me and I was, I was presenting on the difference between sensitivities, allergies, and intolerances for a group. And I had some pediatric clients come to me and the rest was really history. It was just kind of like my greatest teachers have been my clients over the years. And so I am so Mm -hmm. indebted to them because tests, tests are imperfect, right? Symptoms are huge, but just like the client's experience, people always say, you know, in my, in my profession, this last weekend I was presenting and someone said, how do you stay abreast of, you know, current research? And I had my own answers to that. But I, I always like to say like evidence-based medicine is not only a combination of what's going on in the literature, it's the patient's experience and how they feel and what they yes. believe my experience. And I think we forget that 
diagram all the time. We're like, oh, it's just what's in the literature. Well, if you just go by that, you're not going to get better very quickly because it takes a real long time for that to hit any mainstream. Your personal experiences are worth so much more than what we find in the literature. And what people really want is to get better. I really wanted to get better, right? So mm-hmm. I was, we tend to be really willing to do things depending on how much pain we're in, which definitely was part of my story as well. So. Yeah. So how did you then? Okay. So you had all this eczema, you had this rash, not a lot of people are helping you. You're kind of doctor hopping, you know, moving around. What did finally help? Yeah. So I uh, did a self-care day once a month. So I think that that's important. I think I view and see my own stress in such a different light. So we could talk about that in the near future here in this conversation, which I think is an important an important piece of realizing the, the tenacity and the depth of your own stress can be so important. I knew it was a bit of an issue then, but not to the same factors. I mean, what it does, it suppresses your stomach acid, your bile, your um, digestive enzyme status. So nothing's going to work right in your gut. That means a lot of imbalances are going to flourish. One thing mm-hmm. I did was I saw kind of a famous gut health doctor. And I remember he said to me, he had me do two different stool tests and there was nothing super remarkable. And he said, well, you could do nothing. And I was like, all right, this is the last time we're going to see each other. And then, or you could do <laughs> So also another valuable, expensive, but valuable experience where I thought, oh, I'm not going to do that. So some things I knew, uh, so I'd, because I'd seen a lot of different types of healers, liver just kept coming up again and again and again. So mm-hmm. I supported liver detoxification, which is, looks very broad sometimes. And then I did things, which I could have done a, a fair bit of different things, but I needed, um, antifungal and antibacterial support for sure. Those were a piece of the puzzle. And then mm-hmm. I, I mean, essentially integrate a process, um, not focus, not over-focusing on the remove step, right? But I had a lot of repair and population to do. I'm a huge fan of short-chain fatty acids and butyrate and the healing b- power of those. So that was a huge piece of it. That can be kind of a long way around. So I would say it took me longer to, to heal. Um, when I'm working on skin issues, I see it like this. I see what is the priority and how is this presenting? So is this person gut dominant? Is it liver or detoxification? Or, you know, like you said, kidney, is it detoxification mm-hmm. or is it stress mediated. So if you have hand eczema, it's hundred percent stress mediated. I've never seen an exception. Yes. There's other nutritional and physiological things that have happened, but it's usually the frosting on the cake. Like this person has usually had typical gut mediated style eczema as a child. So they have the possibility or the predisposition to have this. I had the possibility and predisposition. I had the history. I just needed a lot of uh, I just need some straws to break the camel's back for it to be like an explosion of a mess. Right. So my, um, my eczema was very dominant as like liver dominant. It's like dry scaly. It was around my eyes, which in mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, definitely liver related, but if it was gut dominant, it would look much worse in the summer. It would be more bright, red, flaky, et cetera. There's always an underlying like staph issue with eczema. Always mm-hmm. we universally agree that growing from the inside out. So mm-hmm. sometimes will set you back a little bit. Like you'll get a cold and you'll have a flare a couple weeks later. Cause it's kind of latent. You have this overgrowth of bacteria and then you see it expressing on the skin. Um, so mine was liver dominant. That just means it's a little bit more, uh, it just a little bit more stubborn. <laughs> you need more a really stubborn. Yeah. 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 And that factory of detoxification and supporting that. So I was definitely doing that. I would say, um, and I want to mention also as part of my own healing journey that I got 80 to 90% better. I was seeing a lot of people doing a lot of liver support, doing a lot of different things. I was doing some adrenal support, of course, too, all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, my skin was still a little rough on my neck. Like people would see me and say, Oh, you look great. Uh, but I still had roughness on my skin. And so using infrared sauna, um, to really get the, some of that remaining toxic burden out, 
uh, was really beneficial for skin turnover, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now I have had eczema express many times since then I've had little tingles where I'm like, okay, I'm back off on the crappy coffee <laughs> or like the toxic burden and, and those types of things. So self-awareness, it's not like when you heal the first time, you're just free and clear. Like you're what can happen could happen again. Right. So I've had to be aware and cognizant of that and kind of dig through any other pieces with curious optimism with a good relationship with my body. And like, Hey, my body was just trying to scream at me and I wasn't listening to its whispers. Right. That's why I had this. Right. Such a good point, Krista. I I think that's what happens as humans is we just kind of like barrel through life. And you're right. It's about that stress. I always think stress is the cause of all dis-ease or imbalances in the body, you know, and traumas get attached to. So stress or traumas or emotions get attached to pathogens and heavy metals and things that we're trying to detox. And, and just like you, sauna really saved me too, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really, I really do sweat. I mean, I go in my sauna at least once a week, you know, but I went through a five-week sauna program when I was sick sweating with Mm -hmm. chemicals, heavy metals out. You know, my doctor was like, you got high levels of benzene, you know? And I was like, where did I get that? He's like, it's Chicago city water. And I'm like, you're kidding. Well, I grew up on Chicago tap water, right? That's what, that's what we do. Um, So I understand that the skin things that I've seen, especially with eczema, which is interesting is I, I've always found that it's a combination of the protozoans. So it's, it's a protozoa and the candida and the bacteria. Mm -hmm. Well, no. I agree. It can be all, you kind of need to address all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> really significant. I think there's never a time where the protozoa are not an active piece of it. And, you know, and, and before all of this broke out, I would spent, I don't think you need to do any international traveling to pick up protozoa. I think you just can be eating sushi. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. not an animal, you know, just living your life and it can be easy to pick that up. And so just, and, and also we share so much microbiota with our husband. I married a guy who, um, had all kinds of gut health stuff. So who, who do you think got to pick up on all of that? That was fun. Right. As well. So, uh, right. It's all, it's all combined, isn't it? Connected. Yeah. And that's it why is. people, I think we, sometimes people say, oh, I'm overwhelmed or I've tried everything. And I said, I think you've probably tried a lot of things topically. I bet there's a lot of opportunity. I always think there's opportunities. You always have more things you could do for healing if you wanted to. And that shouldn't be, we don't have to look at it as overwhelmed. We can just look at it as an opportunity would be my Right. Opinion. Absolutely. I love your view of that. You know, I, I always think we, we peel layers off. Mm. You know, we have to peel the old stuff off and then we have to reprogram the body and the mind and the spirit for how you want to show up now. Mm-hmm. You know? So obviously you've healed yourself. You're aware, you're aware of your body. And now you're teaching people how to be less stressed. So what are some of your favorite, and, and and I'm curious how you even dived into the podcast world and you're so good at this. So what happened there? Tell us that story. How did you suddenly oh, yeah. just, yeah. Well, and I love to do that because I've really been considering the bigger picture and mission of what the less stress life is. So first of all, in 2017, we were still doing a lot of Facebook live and I was talking about inflammation in general, right? Big umbrella term. Mm-hmm. And I was that the only people that wanted to listen to those conversations, I talk about a lot of different things, the people who showed up for a conversation about inflammation were the people that already understood that or understood what that was, or they were savvy around it, which Mm -hmm. is not because that's really no change from today. But when I decided on that title, I usually, when you're trying to create something, Louise, it's good to say, what is a problem I can fix? And I should do that with the less stress life. I did not initially think like that. I was thinking, I like talking about inflammation. Let me think of a synonym. 
in layman's terms, that means inflammation and it's essentially stress. So okay. I called it stress life. It was a total freaking accident. And <laughs> because I've had so much awareness of my own stress over the last year to two years and different ways to look at it and how it was creating relapse issues for me. And I think that the less stress life is really like a journey and not exactly a destination. We can always get better, do better, et cetera, but it's just where we're headed. Like, why would we want to live this super, like, let's just step back. Why in our current culture is like really you know, go, go, go super stressed. I feel a little bit better. So now I do so much more. And then I kind of have a relapse, (laughs) just had that conversation with a client right before this. Uh, that's our typical culture now, but why would we want that? Right? Like, is that really what we want? And so Mm -hmm. the lesser is kind of like, you deserve that. I, I want that for you. I don't want things that, and so often, you know, we've got this orthorexia now, right. Where people are, have so much obsession with health where it creates a lot of stress as well. And that, I mean, I see a fair bit of that because I work with people who are really health savvy. That's not a, we're just humans. We're just humans. Mm-hmm. We just want the best, right? So it's no fault of anyone. I just want to take it from like the least stressed approach. You know, I'm talking to someone about mold. They can get really freaked out by it, right? And it can mm-hmm. be kind of a thing, but I think, well, what's the least stressed way we can approach this, right? Because inducing more stress is basically going to give us the opposite. It's going to help us achieve the act it's going to help us do nothing. We're going to go nowhere. <laughs> We're going to go nowhere. It's not right. It's not- and and you, you, obviously you've learned some tools and stuff to manage, to manage your stress. What, what do you do to manage your own stress? You've got three kids, you're busy, you know, you've got a practice, a podcast. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you kind of a bit of a, a turning point I had a year or plus ago. I was I was on a trip with some colleagues, which is always where like good things come from. So where I like to learn things, you know, see, we, we like to just, it's impossible for us to not talk about what's going on in our businesses. And one of my friends was talking about how she was using minerals in practice. Mm-hmm. And so my eyes were a little bit more open to different things. Uh, I, I heard about that, but it, it was a different, how I was addressing minerals, nutrient deficiencies was different than what she was talking about. So I needed to kind of open my eyes. So I ran some, I ran some mineral testing. And again, I'm not a huge fan of like minerals only. I think symptoms can tell you a whole, whole lot, but essentially I had been lying to myself. I thought, Oh, I I'm less stressed than I think I am. Right. Because my mineral results said you've been dumping out all of your potassium because your cortisol has been high. You've been dumping out all your sodium because you'll, you've been spending your aldosterone kind of trying to control your blood pressure. And I'd had hints about this, right? If I drank too much coffee and I had a lot of, like I thrived on having, you know, 10 client appointments per day, which I mean, doctors can have 25 per day, very commonly. Right. So Mm -hmm. going from a an appointment. I remember talking to one of my micronutrient mentors and being really frustrated because I was having magnesium deficiency signs and signals, right? My eye was twitching. He said, you know, even our good stress can still be stressed. And I was so frustrated because I felt like such a imposter. I'm like talking (laughs) to us, but here I am with a twitching eye, which I know what this is, right? This is a magnesium deficiency from, from dumping it from stress. So when I was able to kind of look at the minerals a little more holistically, in the tissue, which gave me a, a much longer picture of it and gave me an, an, an interpretation of whether the thyroid was sluggish and what the adrenals were doing. It was kind of a wake up call. Like, I don't think I have stress, but I do. And that's, this is actually my, my greatest challenge with clients is when mm-hmm. we think nothing we can do, or we say, this is just how it is. Or I don't really think I have stress. It's certainly not like it used to be, you know, when I was in that toxic relationship, that toxic environment, but the body keeps score. Right. And so we, we hold on to that stuff. 
And so for me, the thing that I have been like, this is, doesn't feel that vulnerable, but this really started with fast talking. And I, I may be fast talking for you today. I promise it's much less than it used to be. I have to be so aware, Louise, <laughs> my heart is doing and how fast mm-hmm. my heart. And if I'm running from appointment to appointment to appointment, and I have like I've kind of an upper limit now where I'm like, I kind of know where my stress lies, mm-hmm. but I think, oh, I'm I'm fine at eight appointments per day. And then I had to stop and say, no, I'm actually not. I'm really not even excited to go into that day, to be perfectly honest. I'm not excited about it, right? Because it's like, it's it's kind of a looming mountain to climb and then to come back down. Mm-hmm. And what I used to do was front load my first part of the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with appointments. And Thursday, I was exhausted. And I was like, I was bitter. I didn't want to talk to, I needed that break in the middle mm-hmm. before I started. And like, but it didn't strike me you know, as a problem at that time. So our own self-awareness is such a thing to continue to dig for. For me, mm-hmm. I grew up fast. If you met my mom, if you met my sisters, you'd understand I came by it honestly. I just thought it was how I was, but it was a stressor. It was really increasing my heart rate. So my number one thing for observing my own stress isn't how much I can do. It's listening to my heart rate. I love that. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I teach people that, you know, I always say, get out of your head and into your heart. So you're really smart. You know, I can tell you're really smart. And so those fast talker people who are really smart, they process very quickly. That's the brain stuff, right? So you're a good processor. You put things together, you simulate. I know even when you interviewed me, I could, I could feel the wheels in your brain kind of working, you know, and I was like, you are awesome. And that's such a gift to have, but you're right. The challenge for people like that, like you, is you, have to get out of your head and back into your heart, slow Mm -hmm. yourself down and really go, Hey, what do I really want? And it's such a great question, right? To help people with stress, just say, what gives you joy? Mm -hmm. Where are you in your joy every day? Are you in your joy with those eight clients or would you be more in joy with six? Mm -hmm. You know, um, are you in joy when you're traveling and speaking? What lights your fire? You know? So, so let's, let's find that out right now. Um, Give me three things that give you joy. I'm I'm just taking a moment to process this because I like the way I like to do this is I like to reevaluate this constantly, Louise. I like to literally draw a line down the middle of the paper okay. and say, what is filling my cup right now and what is kind of draining it right now? I think we yeah. need to do this all the time. Yes. Yes. Because if we don't get it out of our head and onto the paper, we can't even see it. You know how sometimes you talk to a friend through a problem or a coach or a, a therapist, who knows, whoever, you just talk about it out loud and all of a sudden you came up with the answer, right? So that's what happens when I put it down. So things that are bringing me joy right now mm-hmm. are at time by myself in the morning okay. and I get frustrated if my littlest got up really early and kind of in impeded in that. And now I just tell him to kind of snuggle in or hang out with me. So I like to like stop and nourish myself and have like a little quiet time in the morning. That's really important to just get grounded. And it took me a while to be able to get that back in my life because when you have a whole lot of people that you've got a lot of things to when when you like to achieve and you like to be really helpful, then mm-hmm. you're prepping that really early in the morning. So I was always, I was always skipping my own stuff. So, um, that brings me a lot of joy, honestly, like I could go so many directions from just that. The other thing that brings me a lot of joy is like being able to go to bed and having this nice, like nighttime feeling and just feeling calm and good and not stressed about the next day. Right. Like just loving, realizing that I have, like, I've created a perfect schedule. Right. Do you have a bedtime routine? Do you have something you do at night that helps you? 
Yeah. So as long as it can be anything, I think the main pieces are, um, the main pieces are that I know that I, I am very compliant with eight hours of sleep. There was someone I interviewed once and they talked about, they talked about inoculating a cold virus into the nose and people who slept eight hours and those who slept less than eight hours and those who didn't sleep eight hours, it was like skyrocketed how much more their immune system was suppressed. So um, to me, I always think that that's number one. Like, why would I, why would I skip the piece? That's like the healing restorative part of my body. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that can look like a lot of different things. I know for a lot of parents, like sometimes nighttime can get really stressful because their, their kids like want to be kind of crazy. And I'm constantly reevaluating that last night. I said, Hey, all you after dinner, we're just reading guys. Well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> tonight and they were so sweet this morning. And that's, that's a, that's a positive story. And it's not always like that, but I get them to bed. I kind of decompress myself. I think the main thing from a perspective of, um, of a routine is like, if you turn down the lights, you reduce overall blue light, you allow melatonin to be released. Um, and then the other pieces, if you, I I'm really like, I will not start a project after eight, eight 30, because you need, if you raise your cortisol, it's going to need 90 minutes to come back down for you to go to sleep. And I see that all the time. So like, why would I do this? Right. I'm like, I would rather just get up earlier if I have something really pressing or something that has to be done or figure it out in my schedule at this stage. I'm just not. So being able to mm-hmm. someone asked me about how will you know that you're successful? And I said, going to bed and getting up early. <laughs> that's a great that's answer right? uh-huh. just just enjoying every day instead of like oh every once in a while I go out and feed the chickens <laughs> in the morning which I do like love that too right that brings me a lot of joy why because they love you right like why don't this is why people love pets because they don't talk back they don't yell at you they don't criticize you they're just like hello I love you I love you because you're bringing my food but I love you and so I think we like when we feel love it just brings us a lot of joy so I don't know three things would be that little bit of time like so I can center in the morning in the mm-hmm. evening my non-negotiables. And I, what I'm really trying to do here is not say that I've got like this three hour elaborate evening routine. That's not relatable. It's really simple. Simple. I understand what would happen if I do these wrong things. So I just look at like, what brings me, like, I'm going to put my pajamas on and I'm going to kind of settle down and I'm going to just work my way into sleeping. And I'm going to go like, that's, that's my joy right? Like it doesn't have to be really complex. I understand the complex thing. So maybe that's why I can make it really simple because I'm just, it's not like, I'm not going to start a project after 8.30. Like, why would I do that? Why would I do something that's going to increase cortisol? Even though this, this closet behind me really needs to be painted. So this closet, this office can get back together. It'll happen eventually. It's fine. It's like not an emergency, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One more thing on, on joy, which of these are so random, like atypical answers. I feel like (laughs) thing is my friend gave me a sticker. So as I, as I work on this slower pace talking, um, she gave me a sticker that says relentlessly eliminate hurry. And I thought, wow, we manufacture so much urgency, right? Let's just pretend it's like, we, we just, do, we just make up urgency mm-hmm. and it, does, it makes us feel really stressed all the time. It's awful. It's awful. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that kind of replaying in my head, like relentlessly eliminate hurry. Right. So that with my kids in the morning, like so often it's been like, Oh, we got to go. We got to hit the bus, all these things that I'm, I'm just trying to like reel that back and say, Hey, is everybody ready to go? I'll be headed to the car at this time. Like if you guys could just get your things together, it's like a constant work in progress, Louise. It's not perfect. It's a constant. <laughs> I'm sure we are not automatically less stressed. We are just constantly reevaluating with curiosity and saying, 
how could I make this a little bit better? What's not working right here? You know, what's not working is like, let's go guys. We got to hurry up and get out the door. That's not working. So let me like try to reel it back. What if I start the night before? What if I like try to get them all calm the night before? And then we like slowly wake up the next morning. We're not doing everything in a rush. So uh, I'm relentlessly eliminating hurry to bring me joy. And I would say on this whole conference last week where it was all about restore restoration and reconnection. And everyone said like the main message, I know it's going to seem simple. It's like, how do we do less or how do we do it? And so I don't want to tell you that I'm adding all these things to my, to my routine at night. Yeah. Like I probably am doing things <laughs> like that are, that are helpful that I've kind of built over time, but they don't feel difficult. They don't feel hard. And I've got the basics under. Yeah. Control. You're talking about flow. Really. You're saying about being in the flow and also being in present time. So there's a very different energy when we're in present time and you're present with your kids in the morning and you're saying, okay, it's time to go. Let's get, get our books together, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's our tone of voice, you know, as a teacher for years in the classroom, I had special ed kids. It was my tone of voice. They could totally tell when I was having a bad day. They could totally tell when I was having a great day and they could like ring me around and manipulate what, you know, you know, kids are smart. Right. So, so yeah. And, and they can, they can read that, you know, they're reading, they're reading energy. You know, I know know you like to talk about energy. We're all reading energy every day. We're reading our own energy. We're listening to other people's energy. We're energetic beings. Mm -hmm. I always think we're nine. I mean, Greg Braden, so we're 99% space Mm -hmm. and 1% physical. So even as we're beginning to talk about when we started the conversation about eczema and all that you learned about your liver and how you had to detox to get your skin healthy, that's the physical piece, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still a spiritual component and emotional component um, Mm -hmm. to health and healing that um, I love addressing. And I know more and more people are starting to get that and do it. And it's so exciting, you know, so exciting, exciting to, to me. You know, if you had, if you can like look back and I know you had some challenges with your skin and challenges with stress, um, have you ever had an issue where like your brain was out of balance and you didn't feel good there? And how did, how did you get it back? I think that comes along with everything else that I'm describing. I think when you're manufacturing urgency, I remember last year, I feel like this whole last year, I've just tried so many modalities to see, because as I started to change how I was presenting and manufacturing my own stress in my body, I was looking for how do I help others achieve that at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember, I remember seeing this coach, I don't know what else to call her besides a coach or a mindset coach, which makes it really like oversimplifies it. Cause I feel like she did amazing work, but every week I'd come with something just consuming too much rent-free space in my brain. And we just took it out and put it through the coaching model, which is your thoughts create your actions, which create your results. It sounds really simple. It's so much better when someone skilled can walk you through those things, but it was like unjumbled my brain. Now talking about your brain being foggy and other things, right. Throughout healing and health and healing, having a sluggish thyroid. I always used to think Louise, I had ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, supported my thyroid. And I'm like, Oh, I'm actually wicked motivated and able to concentrate and incredible. Like I just need to support my thyroid. I do not have ADHD. <laughs> Um, we tell ourselves we're like oh i resonate with everything these ad so now when i see all of these things online about ADHD, i'm like what if their thyroid is just sluggish what if what if right so um i think when you're working with gut issues too you know so much of that endotoxin burden can be crossing the blood-brain barrier so i'm sure i was very fogged throughout like young mothering life and all of those things and my thought is like you it's like everything can be clear right? Like you can be in balance and it doesn't have to be like that. So I think 
you know, we, we didn't start our conversation, but we started our conversation today like this, where I was talking about how, for me, there's always those, those, those three triads. It's like structurally, you know, what do I run this through nutritionally? What do I run this through? And emotionally, what do I run this through? So working with my mindset, kind of my, my emotional piece at that time for Mm -hmm. changing was jumbled nutritionally, um, supporting my sluggish thyroid, supporting my gut health, um, supported focus a lot. And then, um, structurally, you know, that can go a lot of different ways. It can be some body work. It can be, um, it can be the way I structure my schedule. It can be the way I structure my environment and all of those things can make such a big role. If I, if my goal is I want a clear brain, you know, I've got an option in every single corner. So, so those are your three pillars kind of, so you look at that, you look at the structure the the emotions and the nutrition. Yeah, for sure. I think awesome. people will say, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, well, let's just pick a priority, right? Because we can, or people will have only indulged in one of those corners, right? Like with skin stuff, people will say, oh, I did everything. Well, you probably did a lot of structural or external or topical things, right? Like that's that's the structural piece of it. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity on the internal and with the emotional piece, right? Because the emotional piece is going to create so many nutritional things downstream. And so that was my biggest challenge in practice was relapse happens when stress is a, is a muck, right? Yeah. So. And stress is the cause of all disease. That's what I believe. You know, so we all have stress, whether it's physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress, spiritual stress. You know, we're all stressed out during COVID. Look at all this whole period of time that we as a nation just went through. You know, so I'm sure you're seeing that in uh, in a lot of the people that you work with too. Is is stress became even bigger, their mental health became bigger, you know, or maybe more aware. People became more aware, definitely, of their emotions and their mental health because of the isolation and what happened on the planet. Yeah, there's so many so many pieces to that. I would agree. Um, awareness is huge. Awareness is always our first step, and. From there, we are a we are a culture and a society just in need of a lot of healing, a lot of love and healing. And the sooner we uh, embrace that, the better off we'll be. Because yeah, there was a lot of traumas that were triggered throughout the past few years. I would say, like that's what mm-hmm. I observed. Like, oh, this is just yes. a lot of trauma triggering for people. Yes, so. yes, but it brought it up to heal. So it was a good mm-hmm. thing in that way. You know, I, I really so. brought, it brought it to the surface to really take a to really take a look at that. Yeah. I hope, now you've yeah. been in business for a while. Um, is there something that, you know, you can share with our entrepreneurs listening here um, that you would do differently? You know, that you learned from your journey, if you were going to start again, what, what mm. would you, what would you do differently? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure people say this all the time. I don't know if I would do anything differently. If I was going to start all over right now, I pick mm-hmm. something like ultra niche, uh, to simplify life. Cause you don't need to do everything all of the time. Like it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> you don't have to be doing. So like right now I offer kind of one thing to one-on-one clients and it can do a lot of things. And that's so much easier than me having like five different things that I offer. Like you have this problem. I can fix it through this system. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we try to overcomplicate a lot of things that so we could simplify, but when you're starting, you have to kind of try a lot of things to see what works and doesn't work for you. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think through failures and anything that didn't work out quite right is all helpful and helping you understand how you want to kind of present and go forth in the world. So I don't know that that's a really regret. It's just a a change I could make now because I've got a lot of experience to draw from where I could say, oh, I can just make this simple, right? Um, I think it's always wonderful to oversimplify. And the other thing I did was I just sought out mentorship and didn't try to do everything on my own. Um, 
certainly you can do that. But every time I got stuck, especially early on, I looked for how could I get unstuck through this? Right. And so I looked for help and it allowed me to leapfrog in my business a lot faster, which I think is maybe nice for people to hear because they say, because they only they only see like chapter 32 of me instead of chapter two, right? They didn't see my ugly first website. They didn't see that I um, overworked and, and, you know, just like a lot of things that it takes. There's a lot of pieces, right? So running a yeah. business. There's definitely a learning. There's definitely learning. I mean, I love the self-growth in right. all of this. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes. I certainly have learned from all of them. Um, and I always say we learn more from our mistakes than our successes. So that's what you kind of focus on. And, and you say, like, get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like to sit back and ask good questions. Like, how do I want to feel through this? That's really like how I lead now is mm-hmm. how do I want, what do I want my impact and my mission to be? You know, when you're kind of like uh, just starting, you're looking for purpose usually. And I think it's nice to say this, like, that's really the common denominator. You're feeling un- unease or disease. If you're kind of going into a business, you're probably doing it because you can't find it somewhere else. Right. Why would you start your own if you could work for someone else and do exactly what you wanted? Like just an idea. I think that I think that's really commonly I think we I think we're at an epidemic of purpose right now. Right. Where people are really searching and trying to figure out they're like, wow, I don't like health professionals. Right. They feel so out of alignment with kind of what they're doing after observing what happened over the last few years, potentially. Right. Like, I I think that's, we're kind of seeing some massive shifts through that and it's not all beautiful. It's not all clean. Right. Right. Um, But there's so many options. And I think what it boils down to, I like, I love looking at like common denominators, Louise and connections. And I just see purpose being a huge thing for people. Like, where is their purpose? And this really struck me. I was, I was, um, coordinating a retreat at my church a couple of weeks ago and this, uh, I mean, she was probably 65. She talked about a near death experience she had in a farming accident and how she had seen a light and she had her and someone had her hand and they, and she heard a voice that said, not yet. And she said, so I lived and I've been trying to figure out my purpose ever since. And I don't know if it was my children or my grandchildren or whatever. And I thought how humbling that we maybe never really figure it out, but is it purpose or is it like our feeling of every day, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. something I'm over that I thought was really and interesting and intriguing. And as I kind of go forward and I, I'm looking at the, at the world and the people that I meet, I'm just kind of looking at, at those pieces. It's like, wow, we're all seeking so much purpose. And we feel sometimes so just challenged or out of alignment or, or out of ease, you know, when we feel like we're not kind of living in purpose overall. So I don't know. Yeah. You know that. what I believe of that? I mean, I, I still remember this years ago. I love that. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that Krista. Um, because, you know, those are the places that do touch our heart and make people think mm-hmm. about, hey, you know, if I had a near-death experience and I was told to come back and I really had to look at my purpose now, what's my purpose on the planet? I remember I was teaching a teaching class years ago and that topic came up and I was like, you guys, it's simple. Your purpose is to be you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that sounds so like existential or whatever you want to call it. Like, so, you know, maybe even airy fairy, but it's really the truth. And so I like to get people back to their soul's truth because your soul knows your purpose Mm -hmm. and your purpose might be educating people and doing your podcast the way that you're doing it. That's your world of work. But Krista, the purpose of you being here is to really just be you. No one is like you. 
Mm-hmm. No one has your gifts, your talents, your skills, your looks, your everything. You know, because that's different than roles, right? Mm-hmm. So we look at the language there. Your role, you're a mother, you're a practitioner, you're a, you know, we have lots of roles. You're a wife, you know, where those are roles. That's not purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Right? Well, and and like so that. I do think we're all on that journey. And I think it gets defined more and more. I mean, I'm, I'm getting older. And as I get older, I'm like, okay, the next little step is this. The next little step is, you know. So we're mm-hmm. moving forward all the time, hopefully growing, you know, and learning from our experiences. But we're always wanting to to satisfy that, to learn something new, to to move forward in our life. To last last night we did a big integration on community, on attracting like minded people mm-hmm. to you. Right? It sounds like you have that with your church. Yeah. Well, tell me about it. What do you mean you did an integration? You did like a community. Um, yeah, we had a we had a reunion for my last retreat. We did a retreat in Carlsbad, California. We had a reunion last night. It was so awesome. And um, an integration is where you're looking at a group goal. You can do it individually too. And we walk the goal down to get to the nitty gritty of the really sort of bottom line goal. Um, and then I clear energy, whatever's in the way of that. And it was an ancestral string that went eight generations back, I think, on on mom's side. And we clear it with the spoken word. So the, the power of the truth is clears you in a sense. So the power of the spoken word is the truth. And so I do it with words. And then um, an integration is energy work that has to do with codes in the field. So they're actually numbers. Think of instead of acupuncture, it's spin points. So it's instead of, so nine, six is here, nine, six is here. So um, that's the cranial ring and has to do with the rings or spin points in the energy field. And what it does is it shifts the whole energetic body for you to be more aligned now to come back to your truth, to your mm-hmm. soul's truth, um, and to manifest those intentions or those goals, whatever we wrote, you know, down. And uh, it's so cool to see because people's faces change, like in the moment, mm-hmm. like the stress just goes away because mm-hmm. stress and pain start in the energy field. So, and I know that's what you're getting to, too, when you look at, hey, when I work with people, it's not just their nutrition. I got to do structural and emotional with them, too, you know, because mm-hmm. in, in that way, you're sort of more tapping into the energy field, too. Yeah. That makes There's sense. Lot, yeah, for sure. That's cool. I like to hear. I like to hear about how different people do things and then look for all of those common denominators. And I think it's really beautiful how you talked about purpose as well, because so often we identify as our roles and not our purpose. So. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, how could we just make this really simple? There it is. Yeah. And I love how you look at making things simple. You know, mm-hmm. again, I feel like you have a really, really sharp brain. You have a really great brain. And I love, and thank you for sharing your story too on ADHD. Cause I mean, that was my world before I became a naturopath. I was a special ed teacher for years, you know, and taught dyslexic kids. And I always thought those kids were amazingly gifted. You know, I looked at it differently. I don't like labels or negative labels, whatever they are. Um, but yeah, to find out that it was low thyroid, and I started to see that in those kids. That's what actually got me to go to naturopathic school. I would start to see, hey, you know what? They're just like me. They got adrenal stuff. They got food sensitivities. They've got, they've got imbalances in their organs and in their thyroid and in their whole nervous system. It was just about calming it down and figuring it out and feeding them right. I know so many opportunities, right? It just makes that just touches my soul when I think about you know, how we help people or or the service that we do in the world. And it's been on my heart for a while. You know, I just see 
moms and everyone wants to take care of their entire family. And I ask moms to kind of make a decision on like, let's do, let's move one football down the field at a time, because otherwise it, even the smartest women um, find that it's kind of overwhelming because we learn through our experiences, right. And that integration, when you really start to experience results, it's like, Oh, I'm now empowered. Let me sit in this seat. I understand it. Like that's the reality of what, what kind of happens and how it manifests. And so mm-hmm. it's my heart, right. There's so much on my heart. Like I think we're moving into a space. I hope we are. What I feel like the world is moving toward is like, we have to be able to heal ourselves, right. We yes. have to kind of like, and understand how to heal ourselves. And I think there's a lot of modalities that kind of work together. And I've just been like, so curiously observing all the modalities and, and granted, I've been kind of experimenting with modalities for a long time. There's more than one way to do everything. Right. So I just think it's beautiful. And it's just something that's kind of lightly on my heart as I continue to like, what is the next little step for me? It's like, well, how do I continue to help support women um, or mothers or whatever to continue to um, heal themselves and help with their children? Cause yeah, we are in a a state of, of not, you know, just out of, we're not like perfectly aligned in this culture. There's, there's a lot. Of <laughs> yes. There's work to do. There's definitely work to do. I totally agree with you. Um, we're, do, we're do, we have a class coming called activate the healer in you because God helps those who help themselves. So we've got to help ourselves and we've got to teach people the tools to do it. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. it's great that we're all out there and we all want to seek, we want to seek help and we can help people in different ways. But what if they, you know, you know how to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I know you, know, yeah. you had to learn that. That's why you're working with people now. Right. And, I, and I'm just, I, I'm so aware when I'm working on something on my family that I just want to share it with our, with our clients. And so it's just something kind of dancing on my heart is how do you help share that with more people? Right. And how do you help support them? You know, so in a way that is actually helpful and right. And not, not just adding another distraction point for them. So I love that activate the healer in you. That's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, that's a great, great question. I love your insights with those. You know, you ask really good questions. My teacher said it's more, it's more important about the question, not the answer. Mm, yeah, it's really important. I've really started to discover that the last couple of years that the answers are all within us with proper questioning. Right. And so that's kind of, I see, even as I work with clients, I do that in a one-on-one capacity or when I'm, when I'm having conversations with them, but I'm just like looking for those little pieces that I could do to help them kind of do those reflections on their own. Uh, because yeah, a powerful question is usually where the answers come from. Absolutely. People ask me all the time, like, oh, how do you do this, this, and this? And I'm like, I'm happy to tell you. Believe me, I'm happy to tell you. But the answer that I may give you may not matter for yourself. So let's ask some powerful questions instead. Yeah, that's great. That's great, Krista. Yes, yes, absolutely. Wow, that's very, very cool. Hey, if um, so, so how can people get in touch? Get in touch with you. Well, since you're listening to a podcast, I would say please come listen to my podcast (laughs) if you will. Um, there's quite a variety, right? The less stressed life is affords us quite an umbrella of things we can we can chat about. So my podcast is called The Less Stressed Life, and you can get to my website by really the same the same URL, lessstresslife.com, and that'll take you over in case you want to learn a little bit more about me. You can read about it there. But if you listen to the podcast, I'd be so indebted. Or tell Louise either um, from a review or send me a little message on on my podcast page. There's like a little form you can know that's like I want to ask question or send a little speak pipe. We'd love to hear from you and, and hear if this episode was any good. So oh, it's such it can be a little one-sided sometimes in a podcast right? talking out to the world and it's nice to hear back from the other side. I do love to hear back. I I totally get it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So you definitely want to check out the less stressed life with 
with Krista Beagler here. And it's been such a gift, you know, to be with you. I love your your authenticness, your your beauty. Your soul does shine when you speak. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. I think you it's are my- more you're more in purpose than you think you are, I think. I don't know. I don't know. That's just I, how it's feeling. I feel, like I, I feel like I'm living in purpose and mission. It's just evolving over time, right? It's it's getting more uh it's getting at the root of some of that emotional um and spiritual pieces as well. Uh so I'm just kind of leaning into what that looks like and exploring. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, you know, because we talk about brain and soul here, if you had one brain tip that you could leave us with, what what would be Krista's brain tip? Yeah, I have to stay on my nerdy nutrition side. For me, if I want to have, like, I want to sit down and be really focused. I just think like we're so undervaluing the power of lion's mane. Hello, it is amazing for focus and, and cognition. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want a really clear brain for a few hours of hard, deep work, you make yourself a nice little cup of lion's mane and maybe some other nutritional things. But like, I just love what that does for my, for my brain. So I had to stick to it and I had to go, I had to go grassroots for me, which is like, just love it. Love so it. That's such a great tip. Thank you for that. Now I'm going, Hey, where's my lion's mane? Um, I need to go get that out. Oh, that's great. Thank you so for much. Most people. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's really great. I hadn't even had a coffee that had lion's mane in it and I don't really drink a lot of coffee, but I'm going to find that now. So thank you for that amazing tip and reminder. You could mix it in with like some hot cocoa. I make all kinds of funky things. So I'll put like some mushroom lion's mane. And have you ever seen lion's mane in real life? It's like such a bizarre looking. It's plant. so weird so looking. Like, yes, it does look like a, the ruffles of the lion. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so that, and I do like some high quality cocoa. I might do like the lancado cocoa mix. I might put some shalajit in there. I might put some like chocolate salty stuff or just some salt in there and. It makes, or I might mix this up with like, I'm doing Earl Grey right now. Um, but I would say in case someone listens to this and they try it and they're like, that was disgusting. Now we're doing that again. Well, it's a bit earthy. You're going to have to move, mix some other. <laughs> I'm pretty like great in my little kitchen uh, corner cupboard. I've got a little carousel and it's got all kinds of random things. So I just like start stirring and mixing and tasting. And I'm like, Oh, well, it always tastes great to me. Maybe I, maybe I just keep adding things until it's delicious. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> if you don't succeed, please try again. <laughs> oh, I love that experimenting in the kitchen. Oh my gosh. This has been such a gift um, to get to know you here even more deeply today and for sharing with our audience. So again, thank you so much, Krista. And, and you guys check out the less stressed podcast and we did one too. So I'm on there somewhere and um, it has just been a gift to be with you today. So have a great day, everyone. And remember, follow your heart, but take your brain with you. I love it. <laughs>